Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. If I were Jesus, if I were Jesus, if I were Jesus, and you were sick, you were bound, you were broken, you had been bruised by the works of the enemy, you had lost all hope for redemption. You were in a situation that could not be fixed. And I were Jesus. And I walked by where you were. What would you do? Y'all must have been on Facebook looking at our post. Nope. I know. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We get in ruts in our lives. And sad to say, we get in spiritual ruts of where we do the same thing over and over and over. We've got church programmed that we know when I go to church, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know we're going to sing this amount of songs, and when they sing this song, everybody will say amen, or some might even lift their hands, and we've got God all figured out. Really, in effect, we've got God in a box because we haven't made him bigger than our box. But if I were Jesus and you were bound, and I walked by where you were, what would you do? That's it. That's it. That's it. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He did that. He did that. He did that. And if I were Jesus and I was walking by you this morning and I had already done that, I had already accomplished your healing. I had already paid for your restoration. I had already taken care of your sickness. I had already dealt with your pain. I had already taken care of your depression. I had already made a way where you could not find a way. And I were Jesus walking by you today. What would you do? (laughs) 
Sister Bethany, blind Bartimaeus, cried out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Even at the sound of the crowd, and I know this is a little bit weird for you this morning, but even at the sound of the crowd saying, will you be quiet? Don't do that. Be quiet. Calm down. Get a life. You're radical. You're too fanatic. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. If I were Jesus walking by your blind self today, if I were Jesus walking by and you were sitting by the roadside begging today, what would you do? See, guys, what God is saying to us this morning is I have done that. I have done that. Now, what are you going to do with what I've done? You say, well, pastor, if Jesus was walking by me this morning, I would reach out and I would, I would pursue and I would grab him. You see, but perhaps what you have not understood is that Jesus doesn't have to walk by you this morning. Jesus is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere, he is all-knowing, and he is all-seeing. So you see this morning, we have gathered here in this place, and if we could see a literal figure walking by us today, sure, it might prompt some faith in us, but listen, the greater faith that Jesus said to Thomas is, Thomas, I, I'm glad you acknowledged me because you reached out and touched this body. He said, but greater is those that will believe what I say and will reach out and grab me in faith and pursue me by faith and believe that I am who I said I was and that I will do what I said I would do. So I want you to remember that this morning and take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. Man, the Holy Spirit has dealt with me so strongly on this. I mean, just, just super strong. God has dealt with me on this. And, and I, I want to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, that God is saying you got to make that shift. You got to. You got to shift. You got to get out of where you've been if you want to get what you've never had. You got to make that shift. And I'm not. I'm, I might not be talking to all of you, but I, I know that I'm talking to some of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen. Uh, I, I don't like religion. I don't like legalism. I don't like tradition. Some traditions are good. But listen, there are very few traditions in the church that need to stay in the church. 
We need a fresh move of God. Uh, Pastor Don got up this morning and said our nation is in a mess. It's in turmoil. Uh, violence on the streets of our cities, shootings and killings on the streets of our cities, and, and all this, and where's the church? Listen, we've got to get out of our status quo mentality and get out of, of doing the same old thing over and over and over again. Sister Bethany, there's got to be a cry that's going to come out of the depths of our heart and out of our spirit that will recognize there is one who is here who is mightier than all others and who is great and who is nothing is impossible with him. He can do all things, but I've got to cry out to him. Hallelujah. Now listen, I want to root around your flower bed this morning. Mark chapter 5, and I want us to look this morning, beginning with verse 25. And a certain woman, if you're not standing, if you will stand with us, please, as we honor the reading of God's word. If you got your Bibles or your iPad or your iPhone, whatever, just open it up and, and look at these words. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse when she heard, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about uh, in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, verse 34, He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Father, Thank you today for the power of your word. Thank you that your word is life-giving. It is a quickening power. Now, Lord, today, let your word penetrate our hearts this morning. Stir us today from the inside out, and we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. I just want to simply bring you a word this morning. It's a very simple word, but I believe it's one that God's given me for this day and for this uh, group of people. And I just want to entitle it, Touching Jesus. Touching Jesus. It's a very familiar story of this woman with the issue of blood. The uniqueness of this story is there's a couple of things. One of them is that this is one of the only uh, miracles in the Bible that took place uh, in the middle of, a, of another miracle 
that was in process, meaning that Jesus was en route to do something else, and this woman uh, came in to and and uh, in the middle of his journey, and uh, her act of faith uh, brought her uh, healing. The second unique thing about this is that in the ministry of Jesus that he touched many people. He put his hands on a lot of people and touched them. They were whole. He put his eyes on blind men and their sight was restored. Uh, He put his hands on dead bodies and life came back to them. He touched a lot of people. Uh, He put his hands on children and the Bible says that he blessed them. But very uh, little, I'm not, I didn't look, but I'm not really so sure about how many people that touched Jesus and got the miracle that this woman got. The unique thing about her is that she didn't wait to be touched by Jesus. She pursued Jesus and touched him. Now, you might say, well, that's, that's all well and good, but listen, I, I want to uh, get you to understand this morning because I believe that this woman, and I'm, ta- I'm not talking to females only this morning, I'm talking to males also, but I'm using this woman as an example of what I believe that God is wanting to say to us today. This woman in verse 25 and verse 26, there are about 35 words in those two verses. And that was her testimony uh, that summed up a life of struggle. For 12 years, she had had this issue of blood uh, and this this hemorrhaging of of blood uh, uh, from her body. And she... Uh, the Bible says she had suffered many things because of that. She had been to many physicians to try to find healing and help. She had spent all that she had, but she only grew worse. And so verses 25 and 26 is a testimony of the plight of this woman, of the struggle that she had gone through, especially for the past uh, 12 years. And, and, and listen, this issue of blood, uh, the thing about that was that in the book of Leviticus, chapter 15 and verse, uh, beginning with verse 19, there's a law of, of the issue that is talked about there. And, and what it entails was that a woman that had an issue of blood uh, whether it was her time of the month or, or whether she had a uh, problem such as this woman had where it was a constant issue of blood, uh, she was looked at as being unclean. The issue uh, caused her to be unclean. It caused her uh, to be defiled. And, but not only did it cause her to be unclean, but everything that she touched Uh, became tainted by her uncleanness. Everybody that touched her or everybody that she uh, accidentally bumped up against uh, became unclean. In other words, she was not 
uh, she was not worthy to come into the presence of God and those that she had contact with were not worthy to come into the presence of God until they went through a process of being cleansed and set apart for a certain amount of time. So this issue that she had was something that not only affected her, it affected everybody around her. It's kind of like sin in our lives and sin in others' lives that are around us. Listen, don't think, ladies and gentlemen, that your sin will not have an impact on somebody around you because your failures and your sins will impact those around you. Sin causes uncleanness. Sin defiles our spirit. But not only does it defile my spirit, it will defile my children's spirit. It will defile my wife. It will cause others around me uh, to be affected and impacted by the sin in my life. And so the Bible says that uh, this woman uh, uh, heard that Jesus uh, was coming in Mark uh, 5 and, and verse 27. It says that when she heard of Jesus, that she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. I want to give you something that the Lord spoke to me, and I'm going to try to stay on task this morning because this is what the Lord gave me, and I, I just want to give it to you, and then I'm going to let the word do what it, it's meant to do, and I'm going to let it accomplish what God sent it out to do. But I want you to notice in verse 27 that when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. And she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Notice this, that what she heard caused her mouth to declare what she believed. This is what caused her to cast off the restraints and press in through the crowd to touch Jesus. Now listen to this. Her issue prevented her from being in public. Her issue prevented her from being in crowds. Had the high priest known or the religious folks known that she was there that day, and they had known that she had an issue, she would have been pulled out of the crowd and sent back home. So you see, she had, she had lived for 12 years with this issue, with this struggle, with this pain that had secluded her away from everybody that had ostracized her from those that she loved because she couldn't get around them, she couldn't touch them, she couldn't be uh, in gatherings and all of that. So her issue had ostracized her. And I believe this morning that I'm talking to somebody today that situations in your life have caused you to pull away from others. It has ostracized you and caused you to separate yourself from others. But listen today, I want you to get this story of this woman that she heard about Jesus. Undoubtedly, she had heard of this man who was a miracle worker. 
Undoubtedly, she had heard that this man called Jesus uh, was, was a healer. He was a restorer. And listen, what she heard prompted a faith and a conviction in her. There's only one thing, listen, ladies and gentlemen, that will, that will go past your fear. There's only one thing that will go past your doubt, and that is your conviction of who Jesus is. When a person has a conviction, when they have a conviction that Jesus is who he said he was and that he will do what he said he would do, and he would be who he said he would be. That conviction will overpower your fear. Can I ask you something this morning? Are you convicted or are you persuaded that Jesus is all he said he was? Are you persuaded this morning? Do you have that conviction inside of you today that says that God is able to deal with my issue. Whatever your issue may be, whatever your struggle might be, whatever you're going through this morning, listen, uh, her, she heard about Jesus and based upon what she heard with her ear, she was convicted in her spirit. And when she was convicted in her spirit, it came out of her mouth, and she said this, if I can just touch his garment, I know that I will be made whole. So I'm trying to be calm and low-key because I want you to get what I'm saying. Don't miss this because it, listen, I believe miracles are missed because we try to make them too big and we try to make them too far out, and we don't recognize the simple things that lead to miracles. Listen, this woman, when she heard and she spoke based upon her conviction, she didn't know at the time, or rather she did know, but there was a miracle that was about to take place in her life. And I'm telling you that this morning for this. You don't know that when you hear something. See, in our culture, we hear so much about Jesus. We hear so much about God that we've lost our awe of him. We've lost our wonder of Jesus. We hear the name of Jesus, and it's just another name. We hear about the glory of the Lord and, and it's just another thought. But listen, to the woman that had the issue of blood that had been struggling with this issue for 12 years, when she heard about Jesus, it sparked something in her spirit. It sparked an awe and an admiration about Jesus in her spirit and it prompted a word to come out of her mouth that she said, if I can just get through this crowd and touch his clothes, I don't need him to turn around and and put his hand on me. I know that if I could just get close enough to touch the tallit of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. 
If I were Jesus and you were bound and I was walking by and you had an issue of blood, what would you do? You see, it was easy a while ago because I was just walking by myself. But put about 75 or 100 people around me that you can't even see me, but you heard that I was walking by. You don't really even know where I am in the crowd, but there was something that was prompted in your spirit that you said, I know that if I can just get through this crowd and touch him, I will be made whole. Listen. Here's the thing, guys. Faith has got to rise up in your spirit that says the one that that I'm hearing about is able to meet my need. And when that faith rises up in you and that word comes out of your mouth and you confess and declare what you believe that God is going to do in your life, then you have to put that into action. And listen, there will always be people around you that will try to rob you of your miracle. There will always be people around you that will get in your way. There will be people around you that even though they love you, they don't understand where you are. They don't understand what you're going through. They don't understand that you've been in this mess for 12 years and and you've struggled with it. They haven't been with you when you laid in bed at night and cried yourself to sleep. They wasn't there when the pain was so hard on you that you felt like you couldn't make another step. They wasn't there when, when all hell had come against your life to destroy you. And so they don't understand where you are. And when you try to get through the crowd they will push you back and elbow you and try to move you out of the way but listen the word that came out of your mouth of of that declaration if I can just touch him has got to be greater in you than the crowd around you and you've got to press through that crowd and push through the people and not worry about what somebody says or what somebody's going to think about you listen in my mess in my lowest point in my life I had to get to the place where it didn't matter even what my wife would say. It didn't matter what anybody would say. I had to touch Jesus and that was all that matters. Hallelujah. Listen. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14 starting with verse 14 says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How can you call on a God that you don't believe in? And how can you believe in one that you've never heard about? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. That's spiritual. That's not literal. If you look at my feet, you would doubt the word of God. So you got to see in the eyes of the spirit. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. 
Listen, that's what I'm doing here this morning. How can you call on him that you do not believe in? If you're here this morning and you're not born again, you've never met Jesus, how can you call on him whom you have not believed in? Give him your life and call upon him and he will answer you and show you great and mighty things. How can you believe in something that you've never heard? How can you believe in miracles if you've never heard that he is a miracle working God? Well, I'm telling you this morning, he is a miracle working God. God, I'm telling you this morning, there is nothing impossible with him. And how can you hear without a preacher? Look, man, you are so blessed. You got all that going for you. You done heard about it. You done believed in it. And you got a preacher that's standing up here this morning, screaming and hollering it out at you. And so what else is left? But verse 16 they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Listen to this. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I were Jesus and you were bound and I walked by you this morning, what would you do? Would you let your issue, would you let your insecurities, would you let people around you dictate what you would do if Jesus came by this morning? I just can't get away from that. We must be aware of the mindset that is developed from issues that arise in our lives. Mindsets that say, I deserve what I've got. Mindsets that would say, I am not worthy of a miracle. Mindsets that would say, I will never get out of where I'm at mindsets that would tell us that this was in my family generations ago and I am just carrying on what they started. Listen, we've got to be aware that mindsets, unclean mindsets will cause us to set still. Listen, if, if, if Bartimaeus had sat by the roadside and just sat there and, and, and listened to the crowd go by and knew that it was Jesus and had never cried out, never opened his mouth and spoke with his mouth and cried out, then listen, he would more than likely have never been healed of his blindness. I do not understand how the, the mentality has been adopted in the church that we can't, listen, we go to ball games and we scream until we can't talk the next day. We go to softball games, mom and dads, and we sit there and we root on for our children and we scream and holler until we lose our voice. We see our children running and playing and we scream and holler and root them on till we can't talk anymore. We sit and watch Alabama and all 
Auburn play football and we scream and holler in our living room and throw pillows at the TV and all of that and stomp on the floor and all of that. But when we come into the house of God, we sit there stoic and stone-faced and dead and all of that and wonder why in the world God didn't touch me today. Listen, I believe this morning, ladies and gentlemen, there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to sit and listen. There's a time to sit and not say anything. But listen, I'm telling you this morning, there's a time in your life when you need to get up and cry out to God and say, God, here I am. Would you help me today? God, have mercy on this sinner. We have accepted this mindset that the church has got to be silent and they've got to be quiet. They can no longer raise their voice. And what? listen, what has happened inside the church house has crept out into the White House and to the uh, uh, public house. And that is the reason that we have lost or losing our voice in society because the church house has become quiet. Listen, if the church house will get a voice and begin to cry out to God, then listen, it will spill over into the outside world and people will see that God is still a miracle working God. Man, I'm about to strip a gear here. I'm telling you, you need to hear what I'm saying. Sister Bethany, thank you. Thank you for saying that a while ago. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, Sister Willinette, uh, Sister Pat. Because that's what God's looking for. And I'm not trying to shame everybody else. Please understand. I'm not trying to shame anybody. But I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that you've got to pursue Jesus. You've got to pursue Jesus. Some of, some of you guys in here, you've got PhDs and and and. and uh, DVDs and all of that stuff and, and, and you've got you're educated and all of that. You didn't you didn't get that by sitting at home uh in your recliner and, and watching gun smoke on TV. You pursued that. Isn't that right? You pursued it because you knew that it would better you. See, my dad taught me how to pursue things when I was a kid. That's the reason, that's the reason I got a Ph.D. Daddy made sure he put a set of post hole diggers in my hand and said, learn how to use those, son. It'll help you out in the future. And I learned in order to dig a hole and put a post in the ground, you had to work at it. You had to be persistent with those post hole diggers. And so, listen, I don't know where that came from, but I just thought I'd throw it out to you. So what has happened in the body of Christ, and I'm telling you this, McCullough Christian Center, because God's got a plan for this church. And I'm telling you this morning, you better go ahead and get ready. I'm not praying for it. It's already done that God is going to begin to line them up at the door. Those that are broken, busted, and messed up, frustrated and disgusted and, and messed up. Their lives are in a mess. Those that are coming out of prison, those that are coming out of uh, rehabs and all of that, God's going to line them up at the door. And I want to tell you this morning, they need somebody that will lead them out and say, hey, you might get from God what you want but you won't get it until you cry out and pursue God for it. 
I'm sorry I don't like a quiet church. Because everywhere, everywhere Jesus went, there was a racket going on. There was a racket. There was, if it wasn't a mess, it was a racket. If, if the devil wasn't trying to mess it up, the religious folks was trying to mess it up, but there was always racket noise. Walk in here on Sunday morning about 1040. When, when people are up fellowshipping and shaking hands and hugging necks, it's just racket. I think, I think God looks down and says, man, I like that. Look at that. They're making so much racket. I get back to my thing. Listen, beware of this idea. Well, I've never seen it like this before, or I've never heard it like this before. I've never experienced it like that before. I don't know about that. Understand this, that you are in the situation that you're in because you have always done, you are doing what you've always done. And perhaps in order for you to get out of where you are, it will require that you do something different because you're hearing something different. You're hearing something different that will require you to do something different. She heard something that she had never heard in 12 years of affliction. And it required her to do something that she had never done before. But it would bring something that she had never had before. Listen, her miracle came because she acted on what she heard. She acted on what she heard. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying, guys, this, that when we hear the word of God, I believe that every word in this Bible was, is here for us to receive admonition, strength, and encouragement. It is an example. It is a road map for us to go by. And so I believe that we can apply God's word so when I hear the word of God, it is a powerful word, but listen, it is only powerful when I enact that word in my life. Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm almost finished. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now listen to this, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. That's always caught me because 
Noah was warned of God of things that he didn't know that he had never seen before. And the Bible says that he moved with fear and began to prepare an ark and build an ark. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing where he went. But the thing that we do a lot of times is about Noah and even about Abraham. We get this picture in our minds of where we, we look at it like this. Here's Noah. Noah didn't have no hair. But here's Noah. And, and we get this picture in our mind that, that God comes up and stands in front of Noah. See me. I'm God. And says, Noah, I'm God. I want you to build an ark. And Noah's standing there looking at this figure of God, and he says, yes, sir, I'll do it. But I don't believe that's the way it happened. I believe that one day Noah was just doing about his business. He didn't, wasn't thinking, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be spiritual and all of that. And all Noah heard was a voice behind him. It says, Noah, build an ark. And Noah heard in here with his spirit. You see, and that's what we're doing here this morning. We're hearing in our spirit. We're listening with our spirit. Oh, I wish God could be here today and just walk around and that we could see him, but then we wouldn't have faith, wouldn't need faith. So God is speaking to us through our spirit. Noah moved when God spoke. Abraham left and went out when God spoke. And we've already talked about Bartimaeus and how he cried out for mercy. He cried out even when everybody was saying, shut up, be quiet. You're too loud. You're too crazy. He cried out. He got his miracle. And here's the thing that I'm, I'm going to close Not only did this woman get her miracle that the moment that she touched Jesus, the flow of blood stopped to the point that she knew immediately that he had touched her. Not only did she know, but Jesus knew that she, somebody had touched him. But not only did she get her miracle, I want you to notice this. And this is a big, big deal. 
this story starts out in Mark 5 and verse 25 with these words, and a certain woman, and a certain woman, a certain woman. That's the way the story starts out. But the last verse of this story, in verse 34 of chapter 5, the story ends with Jesus looking at her, and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. A certain woman is one with no identity. A certain woman is just any woman. There's a bunch of women here today. All over the place, there, I could say a certain woman. I could leave out of here today and go home and tell Judy, Judy, a certain woman came up and shook my hand today, and that could mean any female in the house. It is a woman that is not identified. It is a woman that is not set apart from anybody else. It could be one in a million, a certain woman, because that was how she was identified before she heard. That was how she was identified before she said, if I just touch his garment, I'll behold, she was a certain woman. But when she heard, and when she responded to what she heard, and she got up and made that move, Sister Katie, that move not only brought a healing of her body, but it brought a healing of her identity. You don't understand, guys. This woman had an issue of blood. She was untouchable. She was just like a leper. Don't touch her. You touch her, you're unclean. That's the way she was looked at in society. No wonder they referred to her as a certain woman. But aren't you glad this morning that when you touch the master, he don't look at you and say a certain woman, but he looks at you and says, daughter, daughter. And listen, when he said daughter, that immediately identified her as one that is set apart. When I, listen, when I go home this afternoon and I'm talking with my wife while we're eating ham and, and mashed taters around the table and I look at her and I say, Judy, my daughter came up to me this morning and gave me a hug. That's going to identify a certain person, a specific person in this room. It could be, of course, I got several daughters, but you understand what I'm saying. She would know. She would know it either was Ashley or Autumn or Braley. She would know. She, she wouldn't have to say, well, was it Maddie? Or, 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 or was, it, was it Katie? Was it Miss Willinette? No. She, she's not going to say that. 
because I specified daughter, and when I said daughter, she knew immediately that it had to be a blood daughter of mine that came up and gave me a hug. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to, to get you to understand today that this woman, because of her faith that she pressed in, Jesus gave her identity. And that's what happens in your life when you touch him and he brings healing to your body. Not only will he bring healing to your body, he will restore identity that has been lost in your life. Would you stand with me, please? Some, some here this morning, you have been searching for your identity. You've even gone to Ancestry.com to try to figure out where you came from. You tried to do all these things because you're trying to find your identity. But I'm telling you this morning, Jesus said, I will give you your identity. I want you to bow your heads this morning and close your eyes. In McCullough time, it is still early. So just give me just a few moments this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. If I were Jesus and you heard that I was passing by your way and you had an issue, you had a struggle, you had a problem, what would you do? I believe Holy Spirit is asking that question this morning to all that are sitting in the standing in this room. That old song that says, Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. It's been over and over in my spirit this week. time if I were Jesus and I was walking by your way and you were bound you were 